0: Listen up, everybody. Tony, Billy Boy has been in prison for 25 years. He's only been out for three days. The last time you were a free man, the Brooklyn Dodgers were still the Brooklyn Dodgers, and Eisenhower was your president. Laura, Amanda's intrigued with Billy Boy. Billy Boy, ask Amanda for a date. We could go to the Paramount, maybe. There is no more Brooklyn Paramount been Taken over by some college or the Albi, that's gone too. You're a regular Rip Van Winkle, aren't you? What have you been doing here? Inside my, my it's hard to mind, I can't
1: believe it. And in you. my dreams, I've kissed your lips a thousand
0: times. It's been a long time since I've been on a date. I
1: sometimes see you pass outside my door Hello Is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes Ah, wait, this is a podcast, I'm not sure that really works Hello Can you hear me? I'm in california dreaming about who we used to be used to be when we were younger and well i'm not in california but i am dreaming of what we used to be There's was a fun podcast right guys i'm cory lally and this is exaggerated features i'm your host cory lally and this is exaggerated features this is exaggerated features and i'm your host cory lally i figured no better way to start than with interviewing last year's golden Nosey winner most prestigious award in the caricature industry. Yes, sir.
0: Hi everybody. My name is Manny Abatesian I'm a caricature, artist, as some of you might know.
1: If you are an ISCA member, you may have already read bits and pieces of this interview in our publication, Exaggerated Features, but don't worry, this is not just a rehash. We're gonna dive into the details of Manny's past, how he prepared for the convention, and his thoughts on caricatures in life. If you're not an ISCA member, then just sit back and enjoy this look into the mind of an artist. This is Exaggerated Features, and I'm your host, Corey Lally. I'm also very glad to be back. With the return of the podcast comes the return of me reminding you that Exaggerated Features is produced for the International Society of Caricature Artists, also known as ISCA, a world drawn together. To learn more about ISCA, visit caricature.org and sign up today.
0: hi everybody. My name is Manny Abatesian, I'm a caricature artist, as some of you might know. I started in caricature back in uh, around 2000, right out of high school. I was attending the Art Institute, getting my degree in computer animation, special effects and silliness. And I would often go to the zoo to draw the animals. One day I uh, was passing through with my sketchbook to sketch the gorillas and such and the uh, They opened a caricature stand there at the L.A. Zoo, uh, and it was their first day. And there was a guy, Joe Torres, uh, doing, uh, I I think he was their first hiring. Yeah, he was definitely their first hiring. Anyway, as I passed by, he was like, hey, is that a sketchbook? Are you an artist? Let me see your work. So I showed him the work, and he liked my sketches of various animals and, and figures, and said, hey, man, you should totally come and interview and we'll hire you, we'll train you. And I was like, man, I can't do cartoony stuff. I I do more realistic um, stuff. I I do real art. (laughs) And uh, he was like, no, we'll train you. It'll be fine. And I ended up going to this group interview. uh, And uh, at the time, the zoo spot was run by Jason Riggs and Jeremy Miller. And uh, Jeremy and Jason gave us some Test to do. He let us practice a little bit on some sample noses, mouths, facial features, and, and we took a test. And it was just difficult. I've like never straight marker before, and never uh, drawn cartoony stuff. So I took the test with this other kid named Roman, and we walked out, just both thinking like, "Oh, that was just was so awful. Uh, I don't think we made it, man." And we were consoling each other, uh, and then we got the news. Um, I was hired, but this kid, Roman, was not. And I don't know why. I don't think my work was any better than his. But anyway, long story short, that's where started my career in fairy tale. Before then, my background background, uh, as a kid, I grew up drawing a lot. I love drawing. Uh, I remember one of the first drawings I would do is my, my cousin in Armenia would draw these cars in 3D like, just kind of coming at you, and I thought that was the coolest thing, because he would turn the front tires ever so slightly to give it that, like, perspective, and it blew me away as, like, a four-year-old kid, like, whoa, how is he doing that? that that's the coolest thing ever, so I would try to copy that, and I ended up, like, drawing that a hundred times, but I understood it. I understood the perspective that he's achieving, which is mimicking real, real world, and I kind of got my love started for, for drawing, and did it forever and then when we came to America I was six years old and as a refugee weird immigrant kid I would draw in class and uh, got some attention positive attention from other kids like oh it's so cool can you draw me something draw me a bear draw me a dog when we do class projects so kids would come up to me like you see that I'm doing really well in whatever drawing aside and I got it was like hey can you do my drawing and I realized that if I'm going to survive and make friends in this country, that I would have to be good at drawing because that was giving me this positive attention. So it was a means of survival in the very beginning, a means of getting acceptance, making friends. So I ended up just drawing nonstop, entering competitions in middle school and high school. And, uh, yeah, I got heavily into figure drawing. From when I was 15 years old, a friend of mine who was going to Cal State University, Northridge, uh, was an artist and uh, snuck me into his figure drawing class in college when I was 15. And uh, from the first day, he was like, just come, just come to class, don't worry, if you don't take roll call, nobody will know, you're not a student. So half a semester in, (laughs) half a semester in, the teacher looks up at me and He's looking down at his roll sheet, and he looks up at me again. He says, you're not in this class, are you? <laughs> I don't know how he figured it out. But maybe it was just that I, I look like a 15-year-old boy. But it, I got kind of drawings out of it, and it was a super amazing experience. And I ended up doing just uh, another two decades of figure drawing uh, workshops after that. Just love drawing that uh, beautiful, specifically beautiful female form. Uh, I mean, it, it, just the volumes and the shapes and everything comes together so amazingly and it's it helped grow my love for art so now that you are here
1: and now that you have uh, won yourself a golden nosy who would you say are your caricature influences?
0: oh dude what a great question yeah I gotta give mad props to so many people um <clears throat> Still elated, still on Cloud9. It, it, it's the highest honor I've achieved, and, uh, and I'm very grateful and thankful to the ISCA community for making it possible. Um, but it, none of it would be possible without, of course, uh, the guys who got me started um, Jeremy and Jason, who were great artists, but I didn't, when I was working at the zoo, I didn't really take on their style. They tried to train us, but uh, I thought, Jeremy's style was kind of like Mr. Potato Headish. I mean, he's a phenomenal painter, but <laughs> I didn't really like his lifestyle too much, so I, I tried not to emulate that. And I thought Jason's style was really cool, but it was so refined already. It, it was difficult for me to grasp it. And um, so, early on, they hired a guy, one of their friends from Ohio, Quincy you know, Sutton. And when he came in, it changed my world. He was drawing so fast and... So beautifully and accurately with poot he was he had already mastered the skill in his way, and I ended up watching over his shoulder as often as I could and trying to copy his style and emulate, emulate his style and For a long time, my style roughly looked like a bad version of his <laughs> you know uh, but I would say Quincy Sutton was my first influence caricature-wise. Uh, he's a phenomenal artist working in studios now. And then when I returned to caricature, uh, well, of course, the guys who influenced all of us. I, early on, I saw a book of Sebastian Kruger when, when I was in college. That blew me away. But I, there was this disconnect between what he was doing and live work, of course, because he was doing these magnificent paintings. Uh, but when I got back into caricature, the person I had to think give a lot of thanks to would be uh paul Avenizier. Uh when working with jason he hired paul and he put us at the same stand together for entire shows in a row we worked well together and we had a good dynamic and i think jason also saw how much i was enjoying working with paul because he was opening my mind up to new ideas of character and art uh he put us together scheduled us together all the time watching Paul do his thing just exaggerating like crazy crazy reactions just made me fall, fall in love with the whole idea of going crazy with your exaggerated character making it an art form and one full philo- I mean he was all about it he was all about taking your time honing in your craft making it a worthwhile art form because uh, He had heroes like Ty Jones and Joe Bloom, and he introduced me to them. He introduced me to the Rejects book. He showed me sketches that Ty Jones had done of him and other people uh, who are also incredible uh, legends and uh, heroes of mine who were early influences once I was introduced to them. Uh, Grigor Eftemov, of course, uh, uh, amazing, phenomenal artist. He's a big influence when it comes to just the wackiest, wildest, Pushes and pulls and abstract uh, shapes. Uh, Hota Liao, meeting Hota as uh, she was the guest of honor Emma, I've heard in my first Fisker convention in St. Pete, Florida, also drastically influenced me in my vision of caricature and uh, has since been a huge influence and a, and a great friend. So. I think I covered mostly everyone. I mean, we're influenced by everybody, right? Uh, I, I'm always inspired by works by yourself. Of when you used to draw, Corey. Uh, and I know. I know you don't do that anymore. I don't know what time uh, you, you speak of. You moved on, but no, uh, I remember seeing a lot of your work actually. And when you were using that the white marker to bring out highlights and stuff, I thought that was just so freaking rad. So I started doing that. I bought a white pen. We're, which I, I have a confession to make. I think I stole your whiteout pen. So... <laughs> <The> last... <laughs> Where's my art box? <laughs> That's okay. I know you are. Anyway, but we're constantly influenced uh, by each other. You know, I'll, I'll, every day I'll do my quick review of art before I get drawing, and you know, I'll look at Kosuke, I'll look at Kage, I'll look at Kelly O'Brien, I'll look at Lindsay Oliver's, I'll look at Kirby, and just. You know, look at Nate. Nate, Nate is a huge influence too. Uh, I love that guy. I Love his work. Uh, yeah. Early influences I've covered, and practically everybody. I am. I am from all of you. So be you, <laughs> Perfect. I we're, hopefully, we all.
1: Now, I want to bring our attention a little more specifically to the convention itself. So in previous years, you're kind of known for doing these big group composition pieces that have uh, turned out pretty well for you, both the pieces and the rewards for them. Um, So when you walked into the competition this year, what were your expectations and goals? Uh, And then furthermore, how did you prepare to handle those expectations and meet those
0: goals? That's a pretty heavy Question: Corey, did you like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, that's a great question. Well, uh, I've been honored with uh, attention and, and you know positive feedback and some awards for my my pieces in the past. Right. My first convention, I tried to do about forty people, and uh, I thought it turned out well because um, it, it was a huge challenge to try and figure out how to make it work. Work with so many people, and uh, that I came from my love of drawing big group settings. As a kid, I would draw soldiers having a massive battle. Like start with one soldier shooting another, shoot, getting grenaded by another, and you know run over by a tank and helicopters, and eventually it would turn into this massive scene of, of like a hundred soldiers just massacring. It. I came from but uh, I love doing these group compositions because it allowed for a lot of mass creativity and then of course kind of like the weaker pieces or we- weaker parts of it are kind of uplifted by the stronger parts of it and I think overall it, it helps achieve like a good successful piece when working in large groups but uh, I guess I'm getting too technical I just love drawing a whole bunch of people together on one page being silly and doing fun stuff um, and yeah, uh, I, that did my first convention. Uh, I think I got like seventh place, best piece and anyway, took some awards. It was phenomenal and blew my mind that I can actually get a, awards for my work and people liked it. So of course the following year, I, I had a similar strategy. I did the California boys. Where is that, Corey? Isn't that hanging on your wall, sir? Oh,
1: we haven't hung anything Should...
0: yet, but it's in my collection. <laughs> it is ready to go. It passed the right. hanging test. All right, awesome. Uh, I did that uh, along with maybe about ten other pieces. Uh, I was really ambitious that year, and um, I did a bunch of weaker pieces that kind of weakened my entire wall. So my piece ended up winning, I think it took first place best piece, first or second place, probably first place, best piece. But then my overall wall sucked, so I wasn't even in the top 10 as far as artists. So I realized then that I have to have a strong wall overall. It can't just be uh, all hanging on one or a few pieces. So the next year was probably my most ambitious when I did the roughly 40 people in that Renaissance scene. Now, what was my mentality there? I can't tell you, man. Like, I had a few ideas going in. I was going to do like a battle scene. Of... Y'all better not take my idea. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I was going to do a battle scene amongst the artists, and, uh, battling it out for the nosy, which I still plan to do one of these days. That would be super fun. But this might sound strange, but the night before Monday, Sunday night, after the art fights, I was laying in bed. I couldn't sleep. And I don't know whether I was nervous about the week or what, but I was really trying to get a good night's rest because I knew I wasn't going to sleep the rest of the weekend. I couldn't fall asleep, but all these images started popping in, into my head. And I don't believe in divine intervention or anything like that, so don't get me wrong. But my mind was trying to solve this riddle of what I was going to do as far as my peace. And all these images popped into my head of like these Renaissance scenes, uh, School of Athens... Uh, then i thought it'd be cool to well my mind thought i was trying to go to sleep but my mind was like hey check this out this would be cool what if you did what if you did jesus at the table with the 12 disciples the last supper what if you did this renaissance style scene and just mixed a few together and put a background with pillars and perspective and i was like no shut up i'm trying to i'm trying to go to sleep so i can think about (laughs) what i'm going to do but all that to say, um, it all came together that night, and when I woke up the next morning, I pretty much had a really good, solid idea of what I was going to do. So right away, I went online, got a few pieces of images online from the School of Athens and the Last Supper, and I composited them together in Photoshop, and I was like, okay, this can work. And I asked permission from Nolan, who was the president at the time, if I can work as large a piece as I had, which was going over my wall space, which I know was controversial. Uh, but since the space next to me was empty, he's, he gave me the green light. He said, absolutely, go for it. And that came to fruition. Uh, uh, it just happened. I don't know how it happened. Uh, I was happy with it. Um, got Silver to that year, next to Grigor, which is a huge freaking honor. He's yeah, being one of my heroes and the phenomenal work that he did. I was hugely honored to, to be standing next to him. Uh, that year, got first place best piece for my massive uh, group piece, which is a huge honor. So, answering your question, that night and consecutively thereafter, um, I did get a little bit of slack for doing the the huge group pieces. And I'm not, to, I'm not saying that that's what made me decide to, to change gears. But some people did make some comments like, oh, man, just doing these massive pieces going over your wall space, getting all the words. With that being a fact, it was what they were implying. Well, I thought about it, and I thought it was fair. And I thought it was fair that we should all stick to our wall spaces and and that I should challenge myself to do something different because it was well within my comfort zone to do these massive uh Two pieces. So, being a advocate of putting yourself outside of your comfort zone, I decided, the following you, that I would do something completely different than I'd ever done. Still, ended up doing one piece. It was the abstract one with a, all the faces kind of meshing together, puzzle wise. But it was an effort to do something I'd never done before. I ended up doing it all in acrylic after my paints failed. I was trying to use some kind of comic ink wash, and it didn't work. So I ended up painting in acrylic, which I don't do. So that was outside of my comfort zone. It felt really good to challenge myself. And um, the piece was, I I mean, it turned out well. Uh, I feel it could have been a lot better. But anyway... Uh, I felt good that I pushed myself to try and do something new. Uh, Got some attention. I was grateful to get, like, in the top ten artists and, uh, you know, a few awards for for the best piece. Um, I think it was, like, fifth place or seventh place best piece or something, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Best group piece. But I wasn't happy about getting awarded for something that I didn't feel was very strong. So this year, did a lot of practice in digital painting. My strategy coming in was, okay, finally, I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to do individual pieces, compete on a wholly, uh, totally different playing field, try to do digital painting. And going in, I, was, I told Natalia, I'm going to do 20 digital paintings. I'm just going to fill my wall with so many digital paintings, people will know what to look at. And that failed right away because... <laughs> There's ideas and then there's execution. So as soon as I started doing my first few digital sketches and paintings, I I felt like they weren't coming out as strong as I would like. So I had a few acrylic boards, put them up and decided to do an acrylic paint. And in doing so, I loved it. I think it was the um, Glenn, Glenn Ferguson piece. I did an acrylic and I loved just that natural feel of the acrylic board and the paints. And I had... I ended up using, like, one brush. I only had one decent brush. Most of that stuff was done with, like, one brush. It it was a square, medium-sized brush and that and, like, one small brush. But anyway, love doing acrylic, so I decided to shift gears, do another acrylic one and then another one. Uh, It just built, the strategy built. I didn't have any, uh, like I said, I was going for digital going in. Did a few acrylics, decided that that would be a better way to go. Ended up doing, I think, five acrylic pieces, three digital pieces, and one that was like Marker, the, the Mad Sitman, uh, Michelangelo's Pieta or whatever it's called, uh, where Mother Mary is holding the Jesus body. That ended up being Marker, and that white... Pen of yours that I have kept.
1: As <laughs> long as I'm getting credit it. where it's due, um, I'm pretty much the reason you were able to go to the top. If it wasn't for that white pen, <laughs> that was it. A little <laughs> bit of white ink goes a, goes a long way. I know when everybody uh, looked at your wall, yeah. that was their favorite piece. They were like, "It's this one, it's the white ink, <laughs> it's the white, it's the it's the white out." He's got smeared on there. This is this is what's going to take this guy to the top.
0: Right. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was happy with the overall wall. I was glad that I ended up doing multiple pieces. I ended up with uh, nine, which I think nine is pretty decent for you know acrylic paintings and and uh, the digital stuff. And funny thing, the digital stuff, which I wasn't too crazy about, were like, people's favorites. People came up and even uh, talked about uh Love that guy. Incredible guest of all there speaker so funny right he, he ended up telling me like oh these three pieces here these are my favorite and he's funny to the digital ones and i'm like crap it, it's it's really because he really knows how to paint and i don't so <laughs> he's looking at my acrylic paintings he's like uh not so good but these digital ones are awesome and i got the point i got to really work on my acrylic painting technique. but cool, anyway man. people liked it and, and i'm i'm grateful
1: yeah i think uh yeah, I think it was really cool to see uh, knocking out the individuals. I mean, I've always loved the group stuff. Um, but, but anyways, that's one. So with that, you kind of you tackled the next question, which was just what mediums um, you used. So I'm going to keep moving forward. Uh, tell us about your work outside of caricatures. None. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, All right, so it uh, <laughs> makes it easy for me. Um, what are your, whether inside the industry, outside the industry, with ISCA, not with ISCA, what are your future plans?
0: What are my future plans? Oh, great question. Well, uh, I'm retiring from caricature. <gasps> um, I feel like I've, I've gotten everything I wanted out of it, um, uh, made all the friends uh, I could want, and... Of course, I'm joking. Uh, I love caricature. It's a passion. I want to see how much farther I can take it in specific directions. Um, and I'm, I'm more like David Bowie about it. You know, now, now I want to, I don't want to feel like I've mastered this particular style and just stick to that. I want to always be trying something new, something weird. And even if it means always being new at it, that's that's what I want. It keeps me interested and keeps me challenged and entertained. So, um, next cons, <clears throat> I plan to just maybe, uh, you know, maybe experiment. Just do uh, an entirely abstract wall or entirely um, experimental. Uh, you'll probably see me hanging out a lot with uh, Eric Goodwin because he, <laughs> he's good at that stuff and likes to really push the uh, experimental extremes. So... <clears throat> That, um, as far as other goals, I'd love to publish a book. Uh, the seminar went rather well, I thought. I mean, I didn't pass out, uh, and I got good feedback from the seminar, The Ten Essential Steps to uh, Infinite Growth in Caricature Art. So my one of my goals is to turn that into a book, and I'm saying that here live for the record so I can push myself to actually make that happen. Uh, I do want to make that into a book. And then... Uh, Working on another project with uh, some artists, Uh, hopefully uh, a giant caricature Bible, which if that comes to fruition would be phenomenal, doing that with a number of artists. And so publishing is probably going to be my next steps and goals, and I want to get more heavily into creating videos. So I'm buying a, like a legit camera for the caricature stand and'm uh, gonna try to do some live recordings and uh, offer offer a, a bunch of them for free and uh, maybe some of them for like like what is that, that um, What is that website where people sponsor you and like Ali was using it Oh patreon patreon. I I was thinking back in my mind I might offer some more extensive or um, more informative videos on Patreon on a regular basis. So those are some future goals for the next year. Try to publish a book or two. Try to um, try to do some more videos and uh, possibly some workshops. Uh, Maybe at least one workshop in 2018 and then consecutive if anybody's interested to do like an intensive workshop on how to really push cool. one's art in caricature. Oh, and on top of all that, I would like to long-term goal, uh, write an autobiography of just the perspective of being a immigrant refugee kid growing up in this country in an Armenian family with its challenges. And, um, the influence of art in my life, et cetera, et cetera.
1: All right, so, this, so that prompts an immediate yep. follow-up question. Yes, sir. And I need two variants. Uh, what's the title of this book? And then the other variant <laughs> is going to be, what's the title of this podcast episode? Because they got to be similar now. I can't just use your title of the book, or then in, like, ten years, people will be like, wait, no, he copied
0: that. <laughs> um... You know, uh, the first thing that comes to mind, um, the life and times of a (laughs) caricature artist. The first thing that comes to mind, uh, I always like the phrase, life is a caricature, because I really think it's metaphorical or whatever, but um, looking back at life, to look at it through that lens of exaggeration, silliness, fun... Um, life is definitely a caricature of itself. So that's what I would title it. Title cool. it. Life is a caricature. Perfect. Uh, yep. Um, yeah, sounds
1: awesome. Yeah. Well, these sound like that's some neat. really cool projects that are uh, would be really influential to the community. So I'm sure most people already know. But in case they
0: don't, where can people find you? If I want to be found, all right, I, I, I'm in Buenos Aires. <laughs>
1: I guess I should, or fine,
0: <laughs> they want updates on no, you. No, uh, online, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I post all my work that I like <laughs> uh, to my Instagram at AvetiArts, Arts A V E T I A R T S at Avedi Arts on Instagram. The same name on my Facebook fan page. I I post the same things to my Facebook fan page, which can be found on Facebook, facebookcom slash arts. or if you just type in avettiarts, you'll find me under Manny Manvelian. Working on a website for commissions, which will be up and coming. We do have a website, avettiarts.com, a-v-e-t-i-a-r-t-s.com, but it's not it's not 100% complete. Okay. Yeah, uh, you can also find me uh, frequenting
1: the Facebook Iska members The Facebook Iska Members Contest page. That's what Manny was talking about. Just another fun perk of being an Iska member. Connect with Manny and hundreds of other members by joining at caricature.org today. Also, Sorry if the audio was a little wonky on this one. I'm in a new house and trying to balance the best room to talk to you in, still trying to figure it out. Either way, music in this episode was sampled from Hello by Lionel Richie and Adele, plus Cold Sun by Dell21. I look forward to getting the ball rolling again on new episodes and telling more stories about characters in the world and the artists who make them. Until then, thank you, and do stay well.